Um, literally, as I'm editing this episode to put out, um, Amy Coney Barrett just got confirmed into the Supreme Court. So I'm going to go cry now, but I hope y'all enjoy this episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Pink Mood Politics. Um, Today's episode is dedicated to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, May you rest in power and thank you for everything that you have done for women in this country um, and more specifically women that want to go into the law field like I do. So thank you. Um, Ahead of um, Miss Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court nomination and the trials that are going on, I thought it would be cool to have an episode on um, the court system in the United States and how it works and different, um, sometimes confusing terminology that is associated around um, the courts. Okay, so starting off, the federal court system has three main levels. There's district courts, circuit courts, and then the Supreme Court of the United States. So as we know, the Supreme Court sits at the highest level. Once a case makes it to the Supreme Court, that's it. There's no more that you can really do once the Supreme Court has already decided on the case. It's like the final level of appeal in the federal system. So we have 94 district courts, we have 13 circuit courts, and then one Supreme Court throughout the entire country. Um, There's like a federal system of courts, and there's kind of like a state uh, system of courts. So the um, the primary difference is that for civil cases... Um, they can be heard in the federal system. So the federal courts are courts of limited jurisdiction, meaning that they only hear cases of the United States Constitution or like federal laws. Those are the kind of cases that go into the federal system. Um, So like cases that are based entirely on a state's law um, can be heard under what we call diversity jurisdiction. So diversity jurisdiction allows a plaintiff, um, and a plaintiff is the person that is bringing up the issue, um, and they get to file a lawsuit in federal court even if the defendant is located in a different state. So that's what is sometimes you see the word um, diversity jurisdiction. Um, But criminal cases cannot be brought up under diversity jurisdiction. So states usually bring up um, criminal prosecution in the state court, and the federal government brings up criminal prosecutions in the federal court. It's also important to note another word that people call double jeopardy. So double jeopardy basically means that the defendant cannot be tried for the same charge more than once. But this does not apply between federal and state government. So, for example, uh, if the state brings a murder charge and does not get a conviction, it's very possible for the federal government in the same case to file charges against the defendant if the act is also illegal in the federal law. So there's two different uh, systems that you can be tried under. So if 
you broke a law that is a state law, then you're going to go into state courts. Um, and then if you broke a law that deals with the federal courts, then you will have to go into federal court that deals with the federal law, excuse me. Um, but then a lot of times, obviously, there's overlap between the two, two jurisdictions. So a lot of times uh, people can choose whether they want to be tried in state court or in federal court. It's also a lot riskier to be tried in federal court. Um, your charges tend to be a little bit more harsh. So um, a lot of times the plaintiff might choose for the case to go to federal court, but the defendant, if um, they have enough backing, enough of an argument, they can choose for it to go down to state court. So those are the two major types of systems. And then you have your district courts. So the district courts is the general trial courts of the federal court system. So each district court has at least one United States district judge. Um, and your district judge is appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate for a life sentence. This is the same with a lot of circuit judges and your ju justices on the Supreme Court. They're appointed by the president of the United States. And it's kind of like a trial hearing, like kind of what we're seeing going on right now with Amy Coney Barrett. Um, and the Senate gets to confirm their seat. And it's a lifetime appointment. You can get impeached um, if the House of Representatives uh, decides to impeach you. You can get impeached. And then that also will go through the Senate. Um, I think in our history, we've only had 14 justices be impeached. It's very rare that does happen. Usually the only way you can get out of being a, um, a United States justice is if you resign retire or die. Um, so back to the district court. So they're basically um, responsible for managing the court and supervising the court employees. They kind of also hear cases and they can also be impeached and removed by Congress. So we have about 670 district court judges nationwide. Um, there's also another word you'll hear, um, federal magistrate judges. So magistrates are appointed by the district court and they serve a term of eight years and then, um, they can also be reappointed. It's kind of like the president. Um, and then in criminal matters, magistrate judges may oversee certain cases, issue search warrants, arrest warrants, um, conduct initial hearings, set bail, um, decide certain motions, so stuff like that. And then in civil cases, magistrates often handle a variety of issues like pretrial motions and discovery. Um, each federal district also has like a bankruptcy court that's specific for those types of cases. Um, they also have like a United States tax court. Uh, claims against the federal United the federal government would go under like the United States Court of Federal Claims. There's also international trade, which is the United States Court of International Trade. So your court case um, can be heard in different courts within your district court. Then we move up to circuit court. Um, so once the federal district court has decided on a case, they are like, okay, this person is in the wrong or this person is in the right. Um, the case can be appealed to the United States Court of Appeal. So when a case is appealed, that basically means that you do not agree with the way the law was applied to your case or with the way that the judges decided on your case. Maybe you think that there was some um, uh, bias or like you weren't 
you know, get, getting the proper information, um, anything like that. If you don't agree with it, you can appeal. Appealing means that you are asking for it to be tried again, but at a higher level. It's kind of like a, another shot at it. So then once you appeal a case at district court, it moves up to the circuit court. So the circuit court, um, there are 12 federal circuits that divide the country into different regions. So the fifth circuit, for example, that's Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. So cases from the district courts of those states get appealed to the United States Court of Appeal for the fifth circuit. Okay, so that's kind of how it works. So within the states that are in your circuit, if a district court in that state if you appeal from there, then it goes to your circuit, the circuit that you believe uh, belong to. I believe Georgia is in the 11th circuit. So any district court um, case that is appealed in the state of Georgia will be heard by the 11th circuit. Um, the circuit, each circuit has like multiple judges. So you can either have like the, the first circuit has six judges or you can have up to 29 um, judges and that's what the 29th circuit has they're also appointed for life by the president of the united states and confirmed by the senate um, any case may be appealed to the circuit court once the district court has finalized a decision um, and they're usually heard by a panel that's usually consisting about of three circuit court judges so the court the case is heard by that panel and then the parties each file briefs to the court arguing why the trial court's decision should be either affirmed like oh I agree with it and this is why and I like the way they decided or reversed why you do not agree with the way the case was tried and then after the briefs are filed the court will um schedule oral arguments and that's where the lawyers come before the before the court and make their argument and answer the judge's questions so sometimes you can have like the entire court you know say yeah the the entire panel they're like yeah i agree with this um and we're going to rule on this issue and publish the opinion and that means no future panel can overrule the previous decision but you know sometimes it's usually like uh, I don't know let's let's let everybody else hear it and then finally you get to the Supreme Court of the United States and the Supreme Court is the highest court in American judicial system and it has the power to decide appeals on all cases brought in federal court or those brought in state court but dealing with federal law so for example if a First Amendment freedom of speech case was decided by the highest court of the state, which is your state Supreme Court, the case could be appealed to the federal Supreme Court. However, if in that same case we decided that there was a state law that was similar to the federal um, First Amendment, then the Supreme Court of the United States would not be able to consider the case. So it really depends on which law that you decide to use. So if there is um, a Georgia law that kind of relates to the First Amendment law that we see in our, the First Amendment right that we see in our Constitution, then that case cannot be heard by the Supreme Court of the United States because you're not using the Constitution or a federal statute to um, defend your position. Um, after the circuit court or the state Supreme Court has ruled on an issue, either party may choose to appeal to the Supreme Court. So unlike Supreme Court appeals, the Supreme Unlike, uh, sorry, unlike circuit court appeals, the Supreme Court is not required to hear the appeal. So there's something called a writ of certiorari um, that a party must file. 
That's basically asking, hey, can you hear my case? I'm, I want to appeal. Will the Supreme Court listen and make a decision? So if that, um, if it's granted, then the Supreme Court will take briefs and conduct oral arguments. But if it's not granted, then whatever the lower court decided, that's what stays. That's what stands. Um, less than 1% of appeals to the high court is actually heard. So usually your appeals don't make it to the Supreme Court. The court only typically hears cases when there are conflicting decisions across the country on a particular issue or when there's like errors in the case. Um, again, the members are uh, are called justices and they're appointed by the president, confirmed by the Senate. Right now, there are nine justices on the court and the Constitution actually sets no requirement for Supreme Court justices. Although all the current members of the court are lawyers and most have served as a court um as a circuit court justice um they're also former law professors so they're pretty pretty solid in the education and experience that they have as a lawyer and it's also important to note that the constitution does not say how many justices can serve on the supreme court so right now especially in the political uh sphere you're hearing a lot of packing the courts and what that means is a lot of people are pushing for there to be in addition to the nine supreme justices so have maybe 10 people on the court 11 people on the court and these people believe that since the population has grown and we've kind of moved away from the type of the types of cases that were being heard um, years and years ago when the constitution was written, they believe that there's nothing against having more justices on the court. So that's when you, when you hear people say pack the court, they mean adding more justices onto the Supreme Court. So another word that you can hear is a capital case sometimes. A, pa a capital case is when the prosecution asks the jury to sentence a defendant on trial for murder to death. So by the time a capital case usually reaches the Supreme Court, the defendant has already been convicted and sentenced, and either the defendant or the government is asking for the court to review a decision by the lower court in the other's favor. Um, there's also an amicus um, curiae brief, and that literally means friend of the court. So that brief is usually filed by a person, a group, or an entity that is not a party to the case, but nonetheless wishes to provide the court with its perspective on an issue before it. So you have like two opinions. So you have the majority opinion. So it's kind of like majority rules. Uh, whichever side gets the majority, that's the way that the court will decide. So once the case is heard and um, the court decides on it, the majority will write an opinion. So they will literally write out why they believe the way they do and they'll write it. And it'll say, so if you access these Supreme Court briefs and cases online, it'll tell you which justices um, signed the opinion written, like the side that won, I guess, in a way. Um, along with it, there's a concurring opinion. So the concurring opinion is also is written by a justice that probably votes with the majority of the court on the outcome of the case, but they write a separate opinion that goes along with it. And usually what it is is, hey, I agree with your argument, but this is why I agree. It's usually like they got to the same decision, but in two different ways. On the other hand, you have a dissenting opinion, and the dissenting opinion is written by the people on the minority side of the um, Supreme Court. 
So they write why they don't agree with the majority opinion of the court. So it's really interesting to read both sides when you are um, looking over Supreme Court cases and stuff. A docket is the calendar of cases that um, the Supreme Court is scheduled to hear. And so a case is docketed when it's added to the docket. And you get a time and a date for when the case will be heard. Um, holding a case is basically like keeping a case and like pending the disposition of another case. Um, you have an, an order, which is like an instruction or direction that's issued by the court. It analyzes the law and it tells parties of lower courts what they are to do. Um, a petitioner is the party that's asking for the Supreme Court to review the case because they lost the dispute in the lower court. So the name goes first, and so it would be like George W. Bush versus um, Al Gore, so then it would be Bush versus Gore. So Bush would have been the petitioner. Um then the respondent is the person that won in the lower court. So their name goes second in the case. So if Al Gore was the, res uh, since Al Gore was the respondent, it would be Bush versus Gore. So Bush was the petitioner and Gore was the respondent. So I think we're all very familiar that the Supreme Court is not supposed to be political. That's why they get a lifetime appointment so that they're not, um, you know, involved in all the politics that change over and over again. They're not supposed to be political or have party lines. But obviously, there's a lot of issues that come with that, considering that the president of the United States, who is a political figure that runs on a certain party with certain policies, is the one that is appointing this Supreme Court justice. So there's already some kind of like uh, muddy waters there. Um, so Donald Trump has appointed or has nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And a lot of Republicans are ready to vote on it because one of the biggest and greatest things that a president can do is put a Supreme uh, is put a justice on the Supreme Court. Because although the president only has four to eight years to make legislation and create a change on the country, the Supreme Court justices that they pick get to rule on that court, making decisions for the rest of their lives. Judge Amy Coney Barrett can literally impact generations on generations with the decisions that she's going to make on the Supreme Court. Um, and so that's why a lot of the uh, Republicans are really pushing for her to get on court. Whereas a lot of Democrats are boycotting this. Democrats feel like it's unfair that, you know, some a president that wasn't even elected by the majority vote, he lost the popular vote. So the majority people, the like the individual people of the United States of America do not even want him as the president. So it's unfair for him to point another justice on the Supreme Court. This will be Donald Trump's third nomination onto court. And so Democrats are not very happy with this. And this is also the first time that we're seeing a justice be nominated into court so close to the election. So they feel that it's it's only fair that after November 3rd, whatever the decision is, whoever is president after November 3rd, they get to decide who the justice should be since we are so, so close to the election. So as of right now, it's... Um, She's on the way to be confirmed with uh, she's getting the Republican support. The Democrats are not able to really push off as much as they want to. So it looks like she will be confirmed onto the court. 
this will mean that we have a 6-3 majority, uh, a, a conservative majority on court. That's, I think this is the most conservative our court has been since the 1950s, which um, also brings a lot of issues, uh, considering that the majority of our court is very open about their Catholic faith. And um, there have, you know, people are worried that this whole separation of church and state is not going to be too separated anymore. Um, a lot of monumental cases are going to be heard. Um, Health care cases about the Affordable Care Act is going to be heard after November 3rd. Uh, you know, apparently we're set to overturn Roe v. Wade. The abortion rights, women's rights are on the line. Um, a lot of voting acts that have to do with civil rights and um, Black Lives Matter, that's going to be on the ballot this year. So when you're voting this year, you're not only voting for the President of the United States, but you're voting for a lot of the legislation and laws that are going to be passed through our court. So yeah, the Supreme Court really is on the ballot this year. So please keep that in mind when you are voting and uh, continue... Um, being updated on the trial on Amy Coney Barrett's trial and the different ways that the Republicans and the Democrats are going to fight this battle. And also, if you ever have time, it's really actually interesting to there's like a website called Oyez and they have all the Supreme Court cases and the dissenting arguments, the concurring opinions, the majority opinions, and you can read the way each justice voted, why they voted that way, what the case was, and um, it's really interesting stuff. So I hope this helped you a little bit. It's, it's really confusing even when I'm looking at it. I'm like, wait, what does this word mean? So I really hope this cleared up some um, complications or any questions that you might have had about the Supreme Court or the court system in general of the United States. And yeah, 